Fans, and welcome to the latest edition of Let Me Tell You Something, where myself, Lorcan Mullen, and my co-host, Simon Gross, continue to watch every match that Dave Meltzer has rated five stars or higher for the Wrestling Observer. And as we've stated, we're coming down to that final stretch. We're into the back end of rest of 2019, as we're in very, very late June, and we are talking about what match tonight, Simon? I don't know if I'd call the 9th late June, uh, but we're talking about a match taking place at Dominion for the junior heavyweight title between Will Ospreay and Dragon Lee. Well, Simon feels the need to mock me for misreading something. May I read something a bit more accurately and say, on that very same day, what was being aired for for wrestling fans listening plaisures was us discussing Los Gringos Locos against El Hijo del Santo and Octagon. And it's a fellow Lucha Libre participant that we're watching tonight, Simon. With Dragon Lee. A man of not great stature, but within those not that many inches, he has a lot of abdominal muscles to contain within them. Gorgeous, man. Well, we don't know about the of it. Oh, he's straight off the set of Magic Mike. Would he's you Dragon take Lee. his height if you got his physique? Absolutely. Would you take... No question. Three inches shorter than his height for that physique? Yes. How short would you have to be to not take that physique? Are you asking me, how low can I go? Yes. How low can you go? How low can you go? Um... So what is Dragon Lee's height? I think he's about five foot six. Five three. I won't go much lower than five three. I don't think. Red actually, think about height. it. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, um, it has to. Wow, it's difficult because that physique is really like. Oh, no, I think I'd top out at five three. Okay. You have to work to maintain it, though. You get it, but then you have to maintain it. I mean, if I've got it, I would want to maintain it, so. But would you have the ability to do so? <laughs> well, yeah, I've got the physique. It's just the mental side of things. And if I've got the physique, a lot of that's... That is true. Whenever I try to get healthy, I do feel like my body should reward me immediately by losing, like, half a stone. Like, that's <laughs> it. I'm going healthy. And my body, like, well, that's a good start. Here, I shall remove two inches from your waistline immediately. But more, it's more like the bit in the stone cutters. Remove the stone of shame. Woohoo! Attach the stone of triumph. Ah! <laughs> Remove the stone oh. of self-loathing. Ha ha! Attach the stone of no fun at all in your diet. Ah! Attach the stone of physical self-improvement. Oh Jesus! And of course, this is <laughs> uh, one thing that they've uh, revealed to us in this uh, match in the commentary is that Will Ospreay has only recently started doing weight training. Like two months ago or something like that, they said. It must have been more than two months ago. I don't know how that works, though. How do you get those pecs with no weight training? Unless Uh, unless they don't count things like push-ups and everything. 
Oh, that push-ups isn't weight training. Well, it's against your own body weight. If it's not weight training. Well, weight is specifically lifting like heavy bits of metal. I don't want you to argue with me on this point. So I will continue to move on. <laughs> That's the best retreat I've ever seen. So... Like... I, I please, continue. No, no, it's fine. That's fine. You didn't want to argue, so it's fine. So Dragon Lee won the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship after, I believe it was vacated by Hiromu Takahashi uh, after a match with Dragon Lee where Lee... Where they both essentially helped each other become bigger names uh, in the in the wrestling industry with their matches in Mexico to begin with, uh, but then this um, moving on to other parts of the world, specifically Japan, with some of their title matches. Let me just get the title history up right now. Yes, that was the case. He vacated it uh, in August of 2018. Uh, oh no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Sorry, I apologise. Uh, Takashi did vacate it in 2018 uh, Kushida won it In October uh, Against Marty Skrull for the vacant title Then was defeated by Taiji Ishimori At Wrestle Kingdom uh, But then Dragon Lee won it off of Ishimori At the G1 Supercard in New York City At Madison Square Garden uh, in a, a battle three- of the abs In a three way match In a three way match also involving Bandido Who we'd seen in a recent match as well you, Obviously is also quite athletic, but nothing compared to those two. Mm. Do they just... Um, I, 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 Wait, are you saying Bandido's nothing compared to other people as an athlete? I'm, I'm just saying his abs are nothing like Ishimori's. Yeah, he seemed pretty ripped. He was pretty ripped. Yeah, but Ishimori and Dragon Lee are just abs okay, on abs yeah, on abs on abs. Fair. That's not fair. That's like saying... I didn't say it was fair. I said it was the situation he that's was like, in. That's like saying Lisa Kudrow was the least attractive of the three female friends. You know, that's not a fair comparison. Uh, well, well, hang on, hang on. What era are we talking well, here? Because I... I, uh, I, I know Courtney Cox today has, has been unfortunate. But, you know, I think if you were to poll the average consumer... Anyway, let's stop objectifying people because apparently um, Luke Kudrow <laughs> actually suffered from body image issues because of being in that cast. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Let, let's definitely move on. And let's point uh, out that neither of us would be the Lisa Kudrow of any group of men. Exactly. <laughs> um, we wouldn't be the gun. I do. I do picture uh, in that three-way match though. Just which, a like which three-way match. Are we talking about now? The Ishimori, oh, okay, uh, the right. Bandido. <laughs> I have an image of Bandido just being caught between the two men's abs and just grated into a fine dust. <laughs> you know that bit in a uh, that bit in Star Wars where they have the two spiked walls coming closing in on them. Yeah, They're trying to resist them. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. He's exactly what he's doing. Just... But he's getting paper. He's getting cuts on his hands just by trying <laughs> to stop them. Why did he blade his palm? You'll see. <laughs> so whilst the previous... It was hard way. Uh, whilst the previous uh, match that Osprey had had was a clear uh, strength versus agility match, in this one, the opening exchanges is a-, a way of both of them showing just how agile they each are because uh, Osprey... Uh, uh, Dragon Lee flips out of an arm ringer from Osprey with a lot of ease and then... Uh, Dragon Lee tries to do a snapmare to Will Ospreay, and Ospreay similarly just flips over and lands on his feet. And then they have an, another indie standoff, but it ended my favourite way an indie standoff should end. Dragon Lee just hits him with a drop kick. 
Get rid of it. During that indie standoff as well, both of them try and go get their finishers out early doors. Yes, the, 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 classic the, stable. Yeah. They're uh, they're not being paid by the hour, these men. Yes. Um, but yeah, Osprey's hitting uh, early moves that he was hitting a lot later against Takagi, indicating that this is probably going to be a shorter match. Uh, very quickly hits a Pescado to the outside. He also gets his um, top rope six one nine. Exactly after his top rope six one nine, he's he's going uh, he's going great guns. Mm. Um, I, I think I it's I've finally figured out how he does the six one. It seems to be something that defied the laws of physics because he was still holding on to the top and middle rope. But what he's doing is his one arm is essentially lowered that like I, I I can't quite explain it, but I understand it now. Yeah, to be aged to understand how he was doing it. Got some incredible core strength to do that. Mm. I mean, I, I did a lot the last episode, and I do it whenever we talk about Will Ospreay, but I'm just going to get out of the way early doors. The man is a ridiculous athlete. So He's ridiculous. as well, which is crazy. <sighs> some, some of the best ones are. He seems to are. have the agility to match any, I guess, at least... I feel like he could walk into a gymnastics competition and at least... Get a decent judge's scorecard yeah. result, you know? Well, if we're struggling for 2020, I mean, he does live in Japan now. We could always... <laughs> Will, Japan's doing think... the parallel bills. I've often made the case that I think the gymnasts are probably the best athletes in all of sport for what they can do with their bodies. They push their bodies further than anyone else does, I think. Oh, ooh. Boxers and MMA guys, the, the, the training camps they do, and like the, the insane level of work. But it, but it's all different. Like the guys yeah. that do the Tour de France, their levels of endurance are insane. But it's like They're, it's not. They don't need to be. Well, I guess they do need to be strong. But they don't need to be strong in their arms, their legs, everywhere. You know. Yeah. It's pretty much all their leg base. Whereas a gymnast has to have full body control, strength in their arms, legs, hips. You know, explosiveness, control, just everything. Whilst having agility, grace, poise, precision, you can't just be like a big brute. Like you can't be a and prop. A sense, and a sense of rhythm. Yeah. Um, rowers. Well, again, that's like mainly like arm and leg stuff. Um, no, I, I, I think notable exceptions, notable competitors are combat sport athletes. I was to I still say cyclists. Maybe decathletes uh, as well, and heptathletes. Decathletes because of the, vet, the the variety of what they've got to do. Mm. Uh, you're right. Um, I mean, look, look at Jess Ennis, just pure Very athlete. Very happily. <laughs> I thought you said we were going to stop objectifying women. All right, all right. <laughs> I, I find it hard to believe that not a single woman out there has objectified at least Dragon Lee and Will Ospreay. You know, he's not the most conventionally handsome man in the world, but I'm sure he gets... Well, I know for it. sure at least one man has, because I did earlier, and will continue to do so. He is gorgeous. Osprey? Well, yeah, a little bit. Mm. It's, got, it's got that boyish charm to him. I'm not sure with that face, in all honesty. And the Essex accents, I've always found not... <laughs> what? Yeah, I just... I'm here to do your windows, love. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> And I think his hair's a bit dumb too. I don't know why, but wow, uh, going in hard here. Yeah, I'm just gonna go yell at a cloud now. If you just give me a second. <laughs> ding 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 ding. Um, I will say this as well. Um, after uh, Osprey, so 
Again, really cool moves and thin, uh, reversals like Osprey's Pip Pip Cheerio gets caught and turned into an STO by um, Dragon Lee. And then he does a cool, there's a cool corner sequence where he hits with forearms in the corner, goes to run across, but then Osprey follows him. But then uh, Dragon Lee's able to knock him back into the corner and hit forearms again. But then o Osprey later on hits Pip Pip Cheerio for himself. And then here comes the crazy moment. Oh, boy. Uh, Dragon Lee's able to dodge the space flying tiger drop or Sasuke special hits him with a V trigger uh, this seems like Dragon Lee's decided he is now Mr. V trigger now that Omega's not around yeah I mean I, I they keep I, calling it a knee strike but you know. I call I call it like a big like high knee is what I call it it's not quite snappy as a V trigger but with a pump though like yeah sort of a pump motion like like Omega like um, when someone grabs a shotgun in movies. He yeah. does have that sort of cock and explode. But anyway, after that pump knee set makes Osprey woozy, he places him on the barricade, seemingly hooks his leg so he can't escape, and that allows him to do a toe... Because the problem with most topes is that they barely... They're, they're often at a higher angle than their opponents. Like they're getting them just about their shoulders if they're lucky. Yeah. Usually the other person has to put their arms up to catch them. And sort of like which is one guide. of the reasons why I always loved Austin Aries' uh, tope because he would always do it between the second and bottom rope, so that allowed him to be closer to them at the right angle. So in yeah, in Dragon Lee instead decides, oh, I'll just put you up on a, essentially like doing a doomsday tope, but instead of it being animal that he's put on the shoulders of, he's uh, put on the barricade. And uh, and I must say, Milano Collection is having a rough twenty nineteen. <sighs> Oh, he gets bodied here. Bless um, him. Omega gives him a pretty hefty blow in the uh, in Wrestle Kingdom, giving yeah. him a little raise of the arms. But this time, he just gets everything of. I think he has a foot in the face. At least we, the fans um, champ for him a bit. Yeah. But that's also a sign of you know, these two guys have just killed themselves almost with that move, and it did look dangerous as fuck when they were. Well, I did send you a text him. whilst watching uh, yeah. this match. And it reads, Lee is a fucking nutcase. Yeah. This is why I sent that text, because that is fucking insanity. He's uh, a... Oh. Um, just it's, psychotic. A it's a clever move. It's a very clever move in a way to undo one problem that you have with the tope. But it gives you yeah. a whole different kind of problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's easily got to have done like, some long It's definitely the highlight of the match. It was definitely the thing that I think everyone's going to remember. Oh yeah, it's very gifable as well. But Easily to share. It, what does it say though after they have almost killed themselves, both doing the spectacular move, <laughs> that it's the commentator that gets clipped that the fans start chanting for after laughing when they spotted it in the action replay? <sighs> you can't it's control. The issue of like you know Mick Foley saying, "I kill myself for a dozen years out there doing all these crazy moves," but what gets the biggest reaction of my entire career? When I pull a sock out of my trousers. Wrestling's like that, though. It's like um, Jericho with the list of Jericho. Like, he was like... He took loads of, like, really, like, big bumps over his career. But more often than not, when he's just either, like, oh, yeah. writing things down or reading them... Yeah. Or people... selling wine... Yeah. That's what people share online. Uh but, um, yeah, then they go back into it, and that's the thing. And, like, then it's just back into a regular match, even. Uh, he tries to dragon suplex, self-sprays, blocking, so they do the classic New Japan spot where he 
transfers it immediately into a straight jacket suplex. And then we've got the, I guess, the other big spot of the match that they build, keep building up to is Dragon Lee's double stomp from the Tree of Woe position, which is obviously it's a popular move from Mexico, I guess, because uh, Alberto Del Rio did it uh, during most of his WWE run, didn't he? He did, yeah, because we always had to go, why are they holding on like that for yeah, so long? yeah. A little callback to the previous episode as well. It's like, oh, why why did you do that? And but, let, leave to that. To be fair, like Osprey does do a really cool pull-up when he's put in the Tree of Woe position. Um, and That's then, that cool and strength, then, baby. And then before Dragon Lee, Dragon Lee then wins their exchange, putting Osprey back into the Tree of Woe position. But then before he can do it, Osprey manages to find a counter by essentially doing a vertical drop kick. <laughs> Like it is like a full on like UFC style up kick, but he yeah. just boots it. I, I I've written him down and just like literally boots him off the rope. Yeah, just I remember like, Shelton Benjamin did something like it was a nip up into a drop kick. So I remember my, a friend of mine who's not that into wrestling, but he did. He was never into wrestling, but he would watch it occasionally, and he just he and he loved to play the SmackDown games on the PlayStation, and he just loved referring to that move as he always just referred to it as a flip up drop kick or something like that. So I just had that <laughs> in my mind when Osprey did that. I was like, oh, flip up drop kick. <laughs> I lost the thing. <laughs> oh, a little aside, but imagine if Shelton went to New Japan. He did. Oh. I know, but I'm just thinking Motivated the people Shelton. I've seen now. Yes, yeah. But he was part of and... Suzuki Gun for years. Entered a fair few G1 climaxes. I know. I'm just thinking against the people I've seen most recently. He's like, he wrestled quite a few of them. So Osprey. he might want to do some research. Oh, he's not wrestled Osprey. But, but Matt, motiv- you need a motivated Shelton Benjamin. I don't think Shelton's been that motivated for quite a long time. And oh, athletic peak Shelton against athletic yeah. peak Osprey would be just. But but that's the problem. Who do you? Who, but then opposites attract. Simon, is that necessarily going to be the best match for either of them? Yeah, because Shelton's got the, like the technical game. You could go down with. Well, Shelton's obviously also much bigger. Yeah. You've got the size thing, and we've seen how that, that can work. that means Shelton doesn't do his spectacular moves because he has to be the base for Osprey, you know? It depends, because Osprey is bulkier now. Mm. Could and work. he's not that short. He's, he's like 6'1". Well, he's yeah. not short. If he's 6'1", you're not short. He's but, not. Um, uh, Osprey then hits a corkscrow moonsault to the outside. Um... And a lot, an inverted bloody Sunday as well. Yeah, it's just there's just so much, so many crazy moves in this, and I'm trying to follow my notes. Uh, after the bloody oh, Sunday, reverse, that's oh yeah, there's just a series of reversals that end with Dragon Lee hitting a tornado DDT. Yeah, this is again trademark move reversals. He goes for for some reason he goes for some sort of vertical suplex, which Osprey's able to turn into a stunner. <laughs> then they're doing the you know it's kind of the same things you're always seeing. They're on both on their knees. Exchanging forearms, both get up. Uh, with the forearms continue, uh, Dragon Lee drops uh, Osprey with the forearm. But it's always the way. Whoever wins the exchange then gets surprised with the follow-up move. And with this yeah. one, it's Osprey hitting the hook kick, which get which seems like it might have uh, made contact this time. Uh, but Dragon Lee, re- Dragon Lee hits his uh, V trigger, and then what does he do, Simon? Poison Rana. <laughs> We should have had a jingle for it at this point. <laughs> uh, it doesn't God, go for his fall, he goes for a move. And since Osprey only got poisoned Rana, that meant he was able to hit a Spanish fly. 
Oh, 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 you are going to have an aneurysm before this is over. I wish I kept a tally. If I'd have known, I would have said how many matches after Samurai Kanemoto had reverse Rana's in them. Because I think there's genuinely a possibility that 50% of all wrestling matches on this list have a reverse Rana. Quite possibly. Um, At well, least, if the... not now, then maybe by the end of next year when we've, got, we've had another 20 five-star matches from Meltzer, there probably will have been the majority with the reverse Rana happening in them. If Ishii hits one, that's when we know the shark's been jumped. Well, Ishii's... Because he's so short, it probably actually would be... I don't know if he'd be safer or more dangerous. I'm not sure. Depending on whether he's the giver or the receiver. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think he's got a thick enough neck for it to has be all right. A, I'm pretty sure he has received a reverse Rana. In, no, in I, mean, the like, I mean like this one. Doing one. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Because yeah, receiving it like you have to be no, yeah, you, you have to know how to like receive all the moves. But giving all the moves is what. Well, that's is the thing a I think bit... people don't appreciate about wrestlers. Sometimes they say, "Oh, he only uses the same moves every time." Yeah, but he's taking completely different moves with different opponents, yeah. and that's every bit as important as learning how to execute a move. Is learning how to take a move. If anything, it's more well. well yeah. Uh, yeah, it's more important for safety, for your personal safety. Hmm. But... Uh, so again, Dragon Lee, just with some of his moves, he does here. Like he, he knocks Osprey to the co- uh, onto the apron, and then sprints across the ring, leaps over the top rope, and runs Osprey to the outside. But Osprey lands on his feet, and it's just um, the pure disbelief at, yeah. after when he turns around and his body language of how is that even possible he does that he's just as good doing that uh, Dragon Lee as, as Coach Ibushi was when he had that look of just utter incredulity what do you do how do I stop him mm. but then he follows up with a pop up power bomb and a shooting star press which gets a long two counts Robinson kick uh, Robinson special Os cutter but instead of hitting it Dragon Lee just V-trigger knee strikes him in the back of the head. <laughs> oh, it's a brutal one. He and knows. Again, Osprey's caught in the... He's uh, on the apron. He goes for an Enziguri, a stealth of Enziguri. Dragon Lee catches him, puts him in the tree of woe, and before Osprey can even try to get out, and we've already seen Osprey using the pull-up, so it actually works naturally. Dragon Lee jumps what? Well, I mean, what is that fall for him? Like, 11 feet? Yeah, there's... His poor ankles. Ten feet, yeah. Easily ten feet. And as points out, his feet do sort of buckle, slip on the way down. Yeah, I I don't know if there's like a wet patch um, or something like that, but it doesn't seem like it was the smoothest of landings by any stretch of the imagination. It's a a big risk. And yet again, it's a New Japan match, so you have to tease that count-out loss. And Osprey, to be honest, takes the piss. Within yeah. the rhythm of a 20 count, I think he should have been counted out. If it had been Mike Kyoto co- uh, refereeing that match under strict Vince orders... He would have been counted out. He would have out. been counted out. Because Red Shoes has to sort of hold the arms. 19! Like, come on now. Oh, and Dragon but... immediately hits him with a V-trigger. Goes for an STO. Osprey does his flip over like with the, the, the clothesline previously, putting him into the powerbomb position. But then 
Dragon Lee reverses that into a Canadian destroyer. Or a Mexican <laughs> destroyer, as they call it in commentary. Yes. And then, like, the running V-trigger. Yeah, that doesn't get a three count. Uh, Osprey that... blocks another V-trigger, but Dragon Lee's able to f- hit a follow-up. Ah, after he's exposed his knee, so he's yeah, took the yeah. padding off now. Uh, Osprey goes for his finisher, but then um, Osprey just... Uh, sorry, Dragon Lee goes for his finisher, the Deskidora, or something like that, I think they called it. Yep. Um, and Osprey's able to land on his feet, and then Dragon Lee just seems to be frozen in shock for a moment. Osprey think he kind of screws up one kick, but follows it up with another one that hits. Um, then he does the hidden blade, top rope Oscutter. It's the exact finish to how he beat uh, Shingo. Uh, triple jump Oscutter off the top. Stormbreaker, he holds on, follows through, maintains neck control into the Stormbreaker. Right. And that's enough for the three count and the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title to go with his best of the Super Juniors. And as of time of recording, Osprey is yet to lose that belt. He is still the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion going into a defense against El Fantasmo at Wrestle Kingdom. Is it night one or night two he's defending? I believe it's night one. So maybe something happens night two. Maybe, maybe he makes two defences in 24 hours. Maybe it's Jushin Thunder Liger. We don't know yet. Oh! oh stop. I can only get so erect. <laughs> He's right, you know. The laptop's starting to move. <laughs> the picture. <laughs> um, so, Simon, do you give this one five stars? You didn't go for what for with the Shingo match. And what was the thing we were saying is maybe it was too long. And if they condensed it down, well, this one was 15 minutes shorter at 20 minutes. Does it get five stars from you? Not quite, no. It doesn't quite get five stars from me either. Yeah. Athletically, it is insane. I can't keep saying it enough. Um, I'm sure some listeners will eventually tell me that I am. Insane athleticism. Just insane. It's I, I, I still struggle to comprehend it. Hmm. Yeah, I just think, I, like, this was the year of Osprey. This, is, for many, has been the year of Osprey. And he continues to work. And in a different environment where he's no longer, like, the... Un, you know, he's he's not against a powerful guy. And, and then we'll see him later on. I mean, he has a really fun match with Lance Archer a couple of weeks after this, at uh, the start of the G1 Climax. Because you think about all that he puts his body through with this Best of the Super Juniors, you know, not ten singles matches... Uh, two of which got five stars, pushing himself hard, very often main eventing those shows, so therefore having to go longer than he usually does. Yeah. Night, he's not wrestling in the singles. He's got the tags as well. Yep. Then at Dominion, he's wrestling for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title against a guy that's not going to, you know, they they pushed each other far. And actually, you could see when when the bell rang, they had a moment where they sort of clasped hands and, you know, it wasn't as egregious as uh, Jericho's little... uh, (laughs) kindly ruffling of the hair of CM Punk after their match <laughs> at WrestleMania. But it was just noticeable. But this whole match was one of, like, respect. There was no moment of, like, a sense of hatred between two. I think they shook hands yeah. at the start of the match as well, didn't they? They did, I'm, I'm um, sure. So that feeds into the story as well. It's less... It's less. So I'm not going five stars. It doesn't feel as... Like, the, the there is not even a story of, like, a big uh, strength versus agility in it. It is just another one of those exhibitions... An incredible yeah. exhibition, but I didn't really feel anything like there wasn't anything close to like 
a story other than a sporting contest, which is all they wanted to do, really, and that's fine. But um, and executed that perfectly. To give me five for me to give it five stars. Uh, well, if they executed it perfectly, then surely we should be giving it five stars, Simon. Uh, yes and no. Maybe it's what we view as five star wrestling. Yeah. Um, but if people want to find out what our view of five star wrestling is, they can get in touch with us, Simon. How can they get in touch with you? Uh, well, they can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Uh, free for the time speed I thought I was watching this match at at several points. My name's Lorcan Munnell. That's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for um, abstract, arbitrary, al- allied to neither fact nor fiction, and N for Nando's. That's my Wait. Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd. If you put at gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. Get in touch with the show. LMTYSpod is our Twitter handle. And LMTYSpod at gmail.com is our email address. Simon, our Osprey trilogy ends with our next one. But we're now in the G1 climax. That was my point. You know, he goes from Best of Super Juniors to Dominion. And then he's going into the G1 climax straight after that. Oh, no. He's... Uh, we're doing that. Really putting himself through the ringer. So what Bless. is Osprey up to this time? He is taking on the man that is. It's not the man that's waiting for his Excel spreadsheet to load, I'll tell you that oh, for free. That would, be, that would require well, competency. Ooh! But he is also, speaking of competency, competency, finding a man who's more than competent. In fact, he would get a golden star for his competency. As it's Kota Ibushi versus Will Ospreay. Ooh, yes. My expectations are high. Well, the only thing that's high at the moment. But anyway, there's nothing left for me to do, and there's certainly something that Simon needs to do at some point today to relieve himself, except to say that my name's Lorcan Mullen. My name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until the next time. <laughs>